All right, the podcast coming up here in a moment. Quick word about mybookie.ag. You may already be gambling, and if that's true and you've got a couple of places, add a third because there's a good reason with a really good promo uh, here at mybookie.ag. If you're looking for a place to wager, just know you have to find a place that is fair with respect to lines and pricing and a place that's reliable in terms of you getting paid when you win. I promise you that mybookie is one of those places. Again, you may already have a site or two. Why not add another one and compare lines? MyBookie's been very competitive with pricing, with point spreads, with future bets, etc. Go to mybookie.ag right now, and they'll double your deposit. That's a dollar-for-dollar match. Plus, if you sign up, they'll toss in a free $10 MLB future wager. Doesn't cost you anything. You get an MLB future wager for nothing. So if you win it, you get paid. If you lose it, you don't lose a dime. All you have to do is enter my promo code, Kevin DC. that's K-E-V-I-N-D-C, to claim it when you sign up. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. All right, a busy show coming up. Tony Kornheiser is going to be our guest here shortly. Ben Standig will join us after that from The Athletic. Ben wrote a story on The Athletic this morning and proposed something as it relates to Alex Smith that I haven't read, heard, or watched anybody else present. So we will get to that with Ben a little bit later on in the show. Uh, I recorded the Tony uh, interview, which is coming up shortly, so I did not know at the time that the Cardinals and Brewers game tonight had been canceled because the Cardinals, according to reports, have had multiple players test positive for coronavirus. Actually, ESPN now saying exactly two players have tested positive. The game tonight against Milwaukee is postponed. Um, the Marlins, uh, by the way, had 18 or 19 in total. I think it was 18 players and two coaches. And all of their games have been canceled the last couple of nights, including the upcoming weekend set that was scheduled against the Nationals. And with the Cardinals news, and again, when I talk to Tony here shortly, understand that we had recorded the interview together before the news about the Cardinals um, with respect to coronavirus and, and shutdowns and postponements of games. Um, but already I'm seeing on Twitter, all right, that's it. Shut sports down. That's This is where it's headed. It'll be the Cardinals today. It's going to be the Nats tomorrow. It's going to be the A's on, on Sunday. Um, again, my position is this. I want to know how many of these players are asymptomatic, how many of these players are symptomatic but not seriously symptomatic, and how many, if any, have actually gotten sick and have serious symptoms and are at risk having the virus. I I think that information is important because this particular age group, especially if they don't have any underlying health conditions, based on what we know now, which could change tomorrow, is that they're not going to get sick. Now, you don't want them out there infecting other people. But in the bubble sports, as an example, the NBA and the NHL, you really shouldn't worry about positive tests. No, they haven't had any you know, in the NHL yet. I don't think they've had any inside the bubble in Orlando. 
Now, with baseball, you just can't throw down, you know, the hammer and say it's over like Boz did the other day, like Tommy has sort of done, you know, um, not as definitively. Uh, We have to accept that this is going to be sports and seasons like we've never experienced before. Look at baseball. I mean, already canceled games, postponed games, probably won't be made up games in some cases. In the the event that they do have a chance to make them up, they're going to be seven-inning doubleheaders played. You know, so what? Um, and you're playing these games without crowds. It's it's a it's a strange situation. The NBA last night. I watched both games. It really wasn't that exciting. I was I, I certainly tuned in, thinking and hoping that it would feel like NBA basketball. What it felt like to me was an AAU gym or watching the NBA play at Summer League games in Las Vegas. It was sloppy. Both games were competitive, thankfully for them, because I think if these games had been blowouts, um, there would not have been any interest in this. But you had two games. The Jazz beat the Pelicans 106-104, and then the game that was anticipated, the Lakers beat the Clippers 103-101. to In that first game, there were 40 turnovers. In the second game, there were... Uh, 36 turnovers. So you had 76 turnovers in two games. It was sloppy basketball. It was exciting at the end from a basketball standpoint. But I don't know, man. I, I watched it. I, I, I'm I hoping that it'll feel like the same thing. It didn't for me. The baseball where the noise is piped in, I like that. You know, um, on Fox in particular, they did that with the basketball last night. It was a bit off at times. The gyms that they were in were dark, um, at least around uh, the court. Um, We'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll tune into hockey and see what hockey looks like. Um, Hockey, you know, gets underway tomorrow. Um, The Capitals' first game is on Monday night. Uh, They play the Lightning on Monday night. You know, perhaps with hockey where the fans aren't really on top of you or on the ice necessarily and aren't nearly as noticeable as maybe they are in in the NBA. But anyway, um, wasn't necessarily a big fan of what I watched last night in either game. I I fell asleep in the second game. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I would like to see Clippers-Lakers in a best-of-seven Western Conference Finals, but again, with no fans, man, it just feels completely different. Anyway, two more things real quickly before we get to Tony. One, the Nats won yesterday, which was a good win for them, um, obviously, Uh, and it was really nice to see Michael A. Taylor um, have his second hit of the year, which was a home run off of Ryu, a guy that he always struggled against. The Nats are three and four. They needed these two games and they got them yesterday or, or two nights ago and then yesterday afternoon. But they don't play again until Tuesday night. Uh, hopefully they'll have Juan Soto back by then. Uh, it sounds like the D.C. Health Department is going to clear him tomorrow. Uh, and they've had these uh, – they're going to have this weekend off without the Marlins um, being able to play. And then they'll get the Mets here next week. The other thing real quickly, um, the SEC's decided they're going to play a 10-game conference-only schedule in football. The plans to kick things off on September 26th. So there are a couple of things about this. Number one is that you now have, with the the exception of the ACC, you have 
most of these leagues are going to play a mostly non-conference, uh, mostly conference schedule, excuse me, with no non-conference games. The ACC was planning to have at least one non-conference game, but that was, I think, for the most part, to try to keep open um, and available these rivalry games with the SEC. Georgia, Georgia Tech, South Carolina, Clemson, and Florida, Florida State. Kentucky, Louisville, to a, to a lesser degree. Do you know that the South Carolina Clemson game's been played 111 consecutive years? 111. Um, you also have, I think it's 95 straight years for Georgia, Georgia Tech, and 62 straight years for Florida, Florida State. You're not going to get that. A 10-game SEC schedule means they'll be adding two conference games to the schedule, and then they're planning on playing the SEC title game December 19th, which would be two weeks after that championship conference championship weekend, which is that first weekend, first Saturday in December. It's going to be, you know, um, hit and miss, I think, in college football all year long. Don't forget college football and the NFL. It's not just the revenue that goes to both of these sports. It is all of the ancillary business um, that impacts the economy. I mean, without college football, you talk about the hospitality industry in some of these college towns in particular being impacted without fans that come in. I have the last two years been in state college for Penn State, Ohio State in 2018, and then last year Penn State, Michigan. And the economy in that in that little town of State College, PA, around these football games is just bustling and booming. And to not have that, you're talking about a lot of small business America being affected, not to mention all of the people, you know, that have businesses that are tied to these sports. And I don't know that there are more businesses tied to the NFL and college football. In college football's case, too, you also have the whole issue of supporting the rest of the athletic department as well. There are going to be some impacts from this that will be irreversible. And college sports as we know them will be forever changed, more likely than not. All right, quick word about Roman. Um, if you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in the U.S. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that connects you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You'll also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you want, especially if you want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, no commitments required you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com and use my promo code. And for this one, it's Sheehan, S-H-E-E-H-A-N. You'll get a free online visit and free two-day shipping if you use my promo code, Sheehan, S-H-E-E-H-A-N. Tony Kornheiser is our guest right now. He's calling in uh, from home where you've spent most of your time over the last five and a half months. How are you doing? I'm okay. Um, we do 
the podcast in the dining room. We do the PTI show in the attic. We've done the Zoom things uh, for social media for PTI in the computer room. So my first question was to my accountant saying, we can deduct all these rooms, yes. right? you got three because different offices. I'm working. Yeah. I can prove I've been working and have been unable to work any other place. So he said, yeah, we'll talk about that. I said, okay, good. Yeah, you're going to have to add up all the square feet, um, the square footage of those three. I think you can deduct for three different office settings in your home. We'll see. I hope that's true. I hope I can deduct for clothing that needed to be bought or cleaned or anything else or whatever is going on. And not only that, but the extra air conditioning that has to be piped into the attic, which gets as high as 85 to 90 degrees every single day up there. So. I mean, how about, I mean, if I were still doing, you know, the news segment on your podcast or radio show or whatever it is you do do now, in addition podcast. to PTI, um, we would have been talking about the hot weather, I think, every oh. day. I mean, we, yes. we never did weather in July, but we would have done it. This was the hottest stretch I can ever remember and the muggiest stretch at the same time. It was miserable. And you had to be in the attic. I think what is also fair to say, though, is that May and June were the coolest yes. springs and early summer that anyone can remember. Damp as well, but cool and not oppressive at all. So that when July struck, it was like, you're kidding me, right? Although, you know what's odd? You, you know, people have adaptability. It's like I'm working in my attic. You have adaptability. And as hot as it is, as awful as it is, you get somewhat used to it. It's, I think it's like living in South Carolina now. I think it's that hot. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, it's always been hot here and muggy here. And the Potomac River has a lot to do with the humidity that we have in our city. But, I, you know, you just mentioned your layout there at the house. Pretty impressive yeah. for all of your various businesses. Do you think you're ever going to go into a studio again to do PTI? No. I'm too old. I'm in the danger zone. Until there's a vaccine, no. And I miss it. Look, I, I know what's wrong with the work that I'm doing now compared to what it could be. I know how far it's off from optimum conditions. People are still happy with PTI to see us, and people are happy with the podcast to hear it. But, I mean, I understand that it is, in my mind, not a diminished product, a different product, and to me, not as, not as good, to me, you know. Well, a lot of that comes, especially with you, and I don't know about PTI, but I certainly know about the radio show and the podcast, with all of the interaction that happens yeah. you know, before the show and in between breaks. And you know, your studio, when you were doing the radio show at 980, when you were in and during those couple of hours, was one of the fun places to be. And you know, this is really a creative job. Here's, here's my feeling. What I do well is I get cues from people I'm with. I need to be around. I do better if I'm around the people I'm talking to. The, the podcast at Chatter or the podcast, you know, at the MAL studios, the, the podcast there always had five people. 
Right. All right. And so when you reached out to a guest, you reached out to a guest once for a segment. Now it is primarily a guest-driven podcast because I have my son here, but I don't have other people around me. So there's, Kevin, what you, what you know, that the sort of casual conversation that was the backbone of the show for me, that's gone. That's gone. So it, it's different. I don't think it's quite as good. Others may. Uh, we're reaching out a lot more for guests. It's fine. I don't mind doing it. It's just, for me, not as enjoyable as having everyone physically around me. I can, you know, I can just picture, because I, I, you know how much I love those days, just the visual cue thing that you rely yeah. on. You know what? Yeah. I mean, you know, Cooley and I did a radio show together for two years, and we were never, we were rarely in the same studio, but we were on Skype, and it was live, and it was, it was important, but I'm assuming that you're not doing that with the podcast. No, I don't know how to do that. I, yeah. I, I, even if I knew how to do that, I wouldn't do it. No, we're not doing that. It's, it's so, it's a different show. It's a different show. Is PTI different? It's a little bit different. Mike and I have been apart so much because Wilbon likes to travel the world. Uh, he's basically <laughs> Captain Stubing on some level without a boat. Um, but he likes to travel the world. So we've gotten used to having long-distance conversations. But there is a delay. There's a physical delay. And so a show that is called Pardon the Interruption can't really have interruptions on a delay. You don't, it's not quite the same. It's not. You'll, you'll go back if there's a therapeutic answer, even without a vaccine. If, if there are meds that can be prescribed and somebody can go to CVS for you to pick up your prescription and bring it back. Yeah. Like hydroxychloroquine, if they ever... If they ever clear that, well, yeah. the remdesivir seems to be, you know, promising. There are others in the works. I, I think you. I'd rather there be something preventative, you know, than treatment. I'd rather it be preventative, um, but I'm too old. I'm in the zone, and I'm I'm not going to do it. What you is know, you? and no, and they won't even let me do it. They don't. They stopped asking a long time ago. How? In fact, you? I think it's just I'm now one step closer to being kicked in the behind. Over the rail. Ha! Just out. <laughs> this is a thinning, this is a population thinning event, and they're gu- and, and it's gunning for you? That's not yeah. true. Um, you, what is your biggest concern right now, personally? Uh, that, uh, that I will be in contact with asymptomatic people, and it will be passed to me in some way, and I will get it. I don't want to get the virus. So I limit... I limit interactions to the degree that I can. Yeah, I do. You know, I mean, I think that's only prudent. I don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't think that's heroic, and I don't think it's paranoid. I mean, I, I'm watching the Today Show yesterday because mm. I do watch the Today Show at least the first 15 minutes of the Today Show every day. And they bring on the guy from the FDA, the head of the FDA, Han, maybe Dr. Han, H A H N, maybe. Was maybe it, I have his name right? Maybe uh, I don't. I don't know. Was this on the hydroxychloroquine? Uh, that was part of it, but but mostly what he said every time he had a chance to to say something where Savannah wasn't asking him, and even when she asked him specific questions, he always came back to this particular theme, and he said over and over and over again, "You have to take this thing seriously." I'm sitting in my house thinking, if you're not taking this thing seriously by now with 150,000 dead, you're not going to take it seriously. You're not, which is exactly what I think is going to happen on college campuses 
where it will not be taken seriously, and it will spread like wildfire. Um, completely changing subjects just for a moment. You know we have a, a hurricane out there that could be tracking up the East Coast next week. Isisius? I is that how it's pronounced? I, I don't know how it's pronounced. I just read I-A-C-S? about it late. Isius? Isius? Isius, I think. I saw Roker today. I saw Roker's excited. He's excited. What kind of name is that? I don't know. I'm not familiar with it. Um, I, I'm just saying that Rehoboth Beach could be, you know, a potential, um, it would be more likely swiped by it based on the latest tracking. But, what um, day? Uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it would okay. be. Okay. That's yeah. great to know. Yeah. Stay away. Stay so, away Tuesday or Wednesday, right? Because that'll wash out a golf course. It will. Not really will. A hurricane will. And that's a great golf course. you like to pronounce it a hurricane. <laughs> that's a great golf yeah. course that you play down there. Um so Boz the other day, I mean, with the Marlins outbreak, he just essentially went alarmist, shut everything down. What do you think is going to happen no, in sports? They don't have any other positive tests. Exactly. In the entire league? The whole league, 6400 They don't have zero. any other positive tests at the moment that we know of. So did Boz of, jump of, the of gun? Qualifiers in. No, this is, a, this is a problem. If it's just the Marlins, then it's isolated essentially to the National League East. And why would you shut down the West in the middle? Why would you do that? Well, he wanted all sports. He said all sports are over. Okay. With the Marlins outbreak. Well, I guess he's going to take quite a long vacation then. <laughs> because that's what he does for a living. He's a sports writer. Uh, I mean, all sports aren't over. The, um, the NBA and the, NA- the NHL... You think they might know what they're doing in Canada? The NHL has had no positive tests. Nor has the NBA in Orlando. So, oh, right, in the Orlando, right. In the the bubble. Yeah, yeah. So it seems to me they probably know what they're doing, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think we know anything. I mean, that's been my position. That's fair to say. I just don't know. Don't you have a neighbor who's some sort of hotshot epidemiologist? Yeah, my next door neighbor. Both husband and wife work for the CDC. They moved up from Atlanta. He's a world what are they leading. Telling you? <laughs> well, you know, it started with this. Let me give you the chronological discussions um, that started in early March. Ah, I wouldn't worry about it. Should did you get your flu shot? That was his answer. He's a world-leading okay. expert uh, on malaria. Then right. mid to late March, yeah, this thing could be something. This could really be something. Um, and then back and forth on all of the reports about the meds, because my position has been that the world will be a different place if the significant majority of our population, like everybody under the age of 80, believes that they can get a prescription to keep from getting seriously ill. Like if it's remdesivir or something that, you know, it's the Tamiflu equivalent for COVID-19, that that actually would be more impactful than even a vaccine. There are a lot of people that won't take the vaccine, which is crazy to me. But that's more for me. uh, More for you. But um. They, uh, you know, right now it's, you know, for the last couple of conversations, it's been essentially what the, the latest thinking is, which is wear your mask and com- continue to socially distance. But, the, you know, even in, in areas where they've done that, like in California, once again, the, the, those infections are on the increase. I just don't think anybody knows anything. I think it's impossible to predict. Remember, the summer and the heat was supposed to completely 
That's sl- done nothing. In fact, it's the hottest states that are that are having the most exactly. Outbreak. So yeah. you know. no, I I don't I certainly don't know anything. Um, but I always am amused. Who's that guy from Texas, the congressman, uh, who uh, now believes Gomert. the mask he wore gave him yeah. coronavirus? Yeah, yeah, Louis Gomert. Gomert? Gomert. Is that yeah. his name? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, little little. He's nuts. a scientist. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you, everybody should follow the science. Tony, the most ridiculous thing is the people that have, and primarily on the right, have ripped old Fauci, who's served five different presidents um, and is considered to be you know, pretty bright. Uh, I think what people would deal better with is if he or Burks or somebody at some point would say, you know what, that's what we thought a month ago, but the data's changed and now we think this. That's fine to say that. Science changes. Of course. It's not absolute. You have to discover it, and you have to live through it. I do think Fauci needed to warm up more before throwing that pitch. I do. I think he should have been in the pen. I think he should have been working with Suzuki. Just he had to warm up he didn't that was a bad pitch didn't you think yeah i mean it, walls was one of the all-time worst uh Karan <laughs> butler had one it was just embarrassing carl lewis's was terrible oh, the mayor horrible. of cincinnati yeah was terrible um but fauci um didn't really appear to be much of an athlete although that's not true he, he was, was a basketball player he was a basketball player point he guard was the captain of his high school basketball right, team as a point guard so he um, was an athlete yeah in you fact you need to warm up you can't just walk out there cold and throw can't. There's a great story like three months ago when he was just sort of emerging um, as a guy that we were all listening to in the journal about him and the leadership qualities he had, you know, as a young person and throughout his career, which started really as the point guard and the captain on his high school basketball team, yeah. even though he is all of what, five foot five? I have a friend, well, in those days, you know, you yeah. could be small and you could, you could still play. I have a friend who's a doctor in Florida who worked with him at one point, 20 and 30 years ago, and called me when he saw him on TV and said, this is the smartest man and the best doctor I have ever been around. So that recommendation has stuck with me. Did you miss sports at all? I did. You really did. Did It was was baseball that you missed. Yes, I love... It's blissful to watch. Absolutely blissful to watch. You hear my dog? Yeah, so what? Nobody cares. Oh, I'm just saying. I love the dog. Oh, I wouldn't tell her to shut up. I just wanted to know if you could I, right, right now, my dog, I, I, I don't know if I've told you this. We got, we got an English bulldog um, back in October, and she is essentially the only living thing in my household that enjoys my company. <laughs> now. That's wonderful. Wonderful yeah. to know. Yeah, I think people get sick of each other when they're home all the time. Yeah. Um, I do think it's probably... Uh, a blessing to be home all the time as opposed to having to go somewhere to work in, in a situation where you encounter strangers all the time. My my great admiration for people who do that. Great admiration. But you did miss sports because I felt yes. I personally didn't miss them as much as I thought I would. I, I, I'm upset that the NCAA tournament wasn't played because Maryland had a legitimate chance to go a long way. You're but, upset. All the guys from Dayton are upset. Yeah, exactly. And other schools They're like really Rutgers. Upset. Rutgers I didn't, hadn't been I didn't care about that. I understood that. I thought we'd be back earlier. I got upset when the contentiousness with baseball and the incredible amount of time off that basketball and hockey have taken. In the last week, I've just been able to watch the Nats, who I guess I can't watch for a few days because they were going to play the Marlins. Right. And I've really enjoyed that. 
I mean, that has uh, gotten me back into what I consider to be the rhythm of summer for me, and I've enjoyed watching golf. I've really, I just, normalcy to me, if you ask me to define normalcy in my life, it would be taking a nap on a Saturday or Sunday love it with, with the golf on, on and yeah. waking up and the golf is still on. I love that, too. That makes me happy. I love that, That's too. And, I, and I, I cannot wait until next week. I actually think if Tiger is in the hunt that at Harding Park that it'll be the most watched thing that we've had uh, since sports has been back on. Although I think Hopefully, the ratings for last unlikely night. Unlikely he's in the hunt. Unlikely. The, the ratings for last night are going to be through the roof. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. One last thing. You know, well, this we had we had a whirlwind of news related to the football team in this town in, in about yeah. a three to four week period that was just incredible. I mean, in three to four weeks, the team lost its name, um, introduced an interim name, had a story in the Washington Washington Post written by Liz and Will Hobson about 15 women who stepped forward and claimed that they were sexually harassed. It was an incredible couple of weeks. What did you make of all of it? Um, I have thought for quite some time that uh, because of ownership and because of lack of results on the field and because of the particular nickname for many years, Redskins, um, that the team was under more scrutiny. Um, You know, not the same kind of scrutiny as the Dallas Cowboys are because they're the Dallas Cowboys. It was under a harsher scrutiny as people sort of maneuvered to see what they could do to get rid of the name, to get rid of the owner, to change the course of things. Um, I just thought it was sort of a long time coming, and it didn't, it didn't particularly surprise me. I think a lot of it could have been avoided, uh, and I think that, that the, I thought the story was a really well-done story in the Post without particular ties to the owner. And I think that people, and I've said this a number of times, I think that the clamor to change ownership of this team would be far, far greater than the clamor to change the nickname. I'm sure you agree with that. I do. Um, so, I mean, there's a different direction now. I think if, if Dan Snyder's words are true, um, it's a really different direction in terms of the people they hire. Uh, Ron Rivera seems to be getting pretty good notices so far. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen on the field, but I think he's probably a better head coach, has shown he's a better head coach than the last one that they had. Um, you know, the, this is an interim name, but it enables people to sell T-shirts. And I have to tell you that the, that the sort of burgundy T-shirt with the yellow lettering that simply says Washington football team, I think that's pretty nice. I really do. I mean, I, you know, I think they're going to sell – some product, and then and then there's a grace period of a few months to a year. I'm not sure there'll be a football season. Maybe there will be, and you know. And I assume uh, they'll get a new stadium at RFK as a result, don't you? You know, I don't. I don't know. As long as he's the owner, I don't know if the name completely clears the way for a stadium at RFK. I hope it does. I'm dispassionate about a lot of this stuff. Where I used to be so much more passionate. I think he has sucked the life out of people like me over the last two decades, the last five years in particular. I don't know that there's a lot of support for a stadium in that neighborhood based on some of the conversations I've had, especially with him being the owner. You know, he's been incredibly antagonistic towards everybody 
over the years. Um, he's not well-liked. You said something which I think is true. Most fans would have given up the name for him to sell the team as a quid pro quo in, in, a, sure. in a New York second. Do, yeah. You know, We've had these stories about the three minority owners wanting out. You know, The story in the post I don't think is a standalone, Tony, gets him uh, to, forced to sell the team. I think they should have gone harder on the cheerleading scandal as sort of a warning back in 2018, and then maybe everything in aggregate could have you know put the owners together in a position to force him to, to sell. But do you think that it'll, it, it'll ever happen, that he'll ever either be forced or decide to sell the team? I think, I think if there was a direct connection to abusive behavior, <clears throat> that, that he could be forced out, but I, I have not seen that. I don't, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I'm not saying it does exist. I haven't seen it. There's nothing that I have no particular knowledge of it. I asked Liz Clark this question about a week ago, and she said for the first time ever she thought within the next five years that was a possibility. Um, I think if indeed the culture has changed, I think if indeed uh, Dan Snyder takes a more public position and is accessible in a way far greater way than he's been for, I don't know, four, five, six years, uh, he has a chance to turn things around to his own benefit. I'm not saying he will, but he's got... He's got that opportunity. To, to my knowledge, he's not even in the country, right? No, he hasn't been. You know, he and uh-huh. both he and his wife are cancer survivors. And I think from what I've understood, they oh, because of the virus. Yeah, they've, they've been out? concerned. So they've stayed or he has okay. stayed certainly on that boat, you know, uh, in the south Makes of sense. France for a long time. Makes sense. But at some point, I assume he comes back. I think you wait to see what Ron Rivera does. I think you wait to see if if there's a sincerity in this. Um I don't know. I mean, I know how he is thought of. I also know that I worked for him for how many years? Eight, uh, ten years? Yes. At the radio station? Something like that. He never once, never once, never once was critical of anything that I said or called me out about anything that I said. The only time he ever interfered with the show is he said, would you put George Allen on when he was running for Senate? And I said, sure. Can I put Tim Kaine on, too? And he said, sure. I said, happy to. That was it. I, no I, matter how critical I was, that was it. Well, Tony, so, Tony, we, I've been asked that question so many times over, you know, because I was the, I was essentially the first on-air employee that they hired, Red Zebra, when Bennett hired me in 2006 to do the show with Rigo. And, yeah. uh, and and Gary and we um I, I've been asked this so many times I, I never I think he stepped foot into the radio station one time during the during yeah. the 15 16 years he owned it and never once were, were we told that we could say something or couldn't say something no, never so once if that person is the person that owns the team yeah and changes the culture for the better okay but the person we've seen so far has created a terrible, terrible organization, both on and off the field. No doubt. So far. I don't think he can. Right? I don't think. Oh, uh, he's been among the two or three worst owners in all of professional sports for, <laughs> for a long period of time. He's ruined something that was treasured in this city. He really, ha- he really did. I don't think right, there's how much more longer do I have to go with this? <laughs> you can you, we can end Isn't it. Isn't that right, funny the way I said that? We can like that? We, we can end it right now. Um, I All knew right. I knew I would get an extra five minutes or so out of what the you. 
what the projected uh, you know amount of time was at the beginning of this conversation. All right, um, I, love you, you know. I will. Right, I will see you soon. Thanks. Goodbye. All right, love catching up with Tony. Uh, ben Standing coming up uh, next. Quick word about Window Nation. If you've been thinking about Windows, I mention this a lot. Please use Window Nation. Try them at least. It's a free opportunity to get an estimate. They'll do it virtually online or they'll come out to your home following all CDC guidelines. Free estimate, no risk to get a quote from Window Nation. If you get a quote from them, then you can decide what you want to do with it. Um, But getting a quote from them uh, is worth it. And as I've mentioned many times, lots of listeners, yours truly, Family members, friends have used Window Nation. Never, not once, has it ever gone wrong. It's all, always gone right. And right now, you get 50% off all windows, 50% off any style window, and you don't have to make a payment for two years, and there won't be any interest either. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. All right, I want to finish up the show uh, by bringing in Ben Standing of The Athletic uh, because he wrote either yesterday or today, I think it was yesterday, um, about an option that Alex Smith may have for 2020 uh, during this very odd season that I don't think anybody that I have listened to, read, or watched has suggested um, as far as he's concerned Uh, for the 2020 season, but I want to bring Ben in right now. And I want you to, first of all, just give the high-level headline of what you wrote, and then we can get into the detail of why it might make sense for Alex. And I have a a, a question about something that the league has sort of structured here heading into this season that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But start with the headline. You think Alex Smith has a move he can make for the 2020 season that may really benefit him. What is it? Yeah, and uh, first, always, thanks for having me. Second, uh, once we get into like things like accounting and contracts, I mean, I'm definitely outside of my element. I probably ask a few people about this theory, so I'll do my best to to, to sort of explain. Well, give this. us the headline um, first. The, the headline of the story is just basically that there's reasons why Alex Smith uh, may or should consider, or not should may, he should consider opting out for the 2020 season. And the basic reasoning is for for any player, if you opt out of the season, the, your contract tolls. So meaning if you have a two-year deal starting in 2020, that just gets pushed back to 2021. So he would still have the same deal that he has. And that's important in his case because what is the number one thing for Alex Smith that 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 he needs most of all, I think we all agree with, time. I have no idea but what his status is. I don't know if he can run on that lake to play in an NFL game, take a hit. None of us know. I don't know if he can pass a physical. But if he really, really wants to do this, not just go out there and take a snap or two, but like actually legitimately be the starting quarterback for this or some other team, he needs more time, I would imagine, based on the fact of where we are right now. He's on the pup list and so on. This would give him an opportunity to buy some time. And because of his contract with the high salary cap numbers, Washington really can't, wouldn't be able to get rid of him. That he would, he would buy himself more time. And that becomes interesting for other factors that he would basically be able to extend his career on some level while still rehabbing. And so this whole situation is very weird and unique because of the coronavirus that the league is letting players opt out in some unique ways. Uh, but for him specifically, because of the injury, 
I kind of think it makes some sense to to strongly consider it again without knowing exactly where he's at with his rehab right now. All right. So what Ben is suggesting, and let me make sure everybody's clear on this, is that Alex Smith consider opting out because of concerns over the coronavirus, which the league is allowing players to do. We've seen this over the last several days, players choosing to opt out. And by the way, there are two opt-outs that the NFL is allowing. One, for just absolute concern over coronavirus, but you've got no underlying health risks, you've got no health risks in the family, and you'll receive a $150,000 stipend for the season that will actually be taken out of future salary. Now, if you have an underlying health um, uh, condition that puts you at risk, then I think it's a $300,000 stipend that ultimately does not get pulled out of future salary. These are small numbers for NFL players, but my first question for you is, if Alex Smith did choose to opt out, and we'll get into a, a little bit more detail as to why it might make sense, you've, you've outlined some of the, the bigger picture um, bullet points, but would he be able to do so with an underlying health risk? He nearly died a, a year and a half ago um, with sepsis. Uh, I don't know if that makes him more vulnerable to viruses, um, but I'm wondering whether or not he would have any health risk and could opt out with, you know, citing, I feel like I've got a health risk by coming in and being in a large gathering. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I I did try to ask that. Obviously, it's you know when you're t- when you're dealing with people's medical situations, you know nobody's going to talk about it. And I wasn't really trying specifically to ask about Alex, but just in general, if somebody had this situation, could that be an issue? I wasn't able to sort of get a definitive answer on that. But yeah, that's an absolute question. But, but even if yeah, you know, even if he decides to you know just do it on on his own, other players, you know, all, all these guys, sure. uh, Caleb Brantley opted out, obviously, for, for what it appears to be a, a high-risk situation based on the designation he was given. A lot of other guys are just opting out for whatever they're choosing um, <clears throat> choosing to do. So, yeah, there, there is, there is there, yeah, there is that underlying question of, wait, what is his specific deal because of his, because of that infection um, and, and, and the damage that caused to his body? Could there be something to it? Forget breaking his leg again. You know, what if there's a, a, you know, a, a cut or, or, or anything else. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely think that's something that I haven't thought about prior to, to this ex- exercise uh, either. Yeah, I mean, there may be doctors out there saying, no, guys, I mean, sepsis, broken leg, infection, <laughs> right, you know, right. there's no uh, you know, ongoing health risk. But I, I was just wondering if you had an answer to that. The other thing, too, before we get into the details of how this might work for him and the team is this unique thing in this agreement that the NFL and the Players Association have essentially come to an agreement on to proceed with a season that is likely going to end with a significant revenue shortfall. And that is, and I need you to explain it to me, um, but you wrote about this, that some players are opting out of the upcoming season because an interruption or a shortening of the season would impact guaranteed money. And as you said, if they opted out and their contract told into 2021, and let's just say they had three years left in the deal, well, then the deal would go to 2021, 2022, and 2023. Um, there would be less risk of losing guarantees. Is, is, is Am I describing that accurately or not? Yeah, I mean, I, f- first off, a lot of this is still up in the air. I mean, I, in checking with some league sources uh, last night as I was writing this, 
a lot of the details are still sort of up in the air about how, not this specifically, but just how a lot of the you know salary cap and, and other implications are going to work. So just keep that in mind. But yeah, at a basic level, like as we know, most NFL contracts are not guaranteed. So if a player is earning, say, $10 million this year and the season only goes halfway, you know, they get paid over 17 weeks, but regardless, just to say halfway. So he earns the $5 million. That other $5 million basically, if the season ends, is just going to go away. That's right. He's not going, not going to get it. Now, for players with a guarantee like Alex Smith, who's owed $16 million this year, my understanding is it works like this. He would get, so again, using the halfway example, so they said they go, he, he gets $8 million, he earns that. What happens to the other eight? Well, for a guarantee, he's still going to get that money. It goes to the next year of his contract that has no guaranteed money. For him, that would be the 2021 season. He's owed his, his contract is for $19 million salary that year. What I'm told is it's not $19 million plus eight, giving you 27. It's $19 million, but of that 19, now eight are guaranteed. So he effectively, if he were to play the full two seasons, instead of earning, what is that, 16 plus 19, 35 million, he would actually earn 27 million because they wouldn't, that, that eight, effectively they're just taking the eight out of the next year. Right. So that's why, that's why people around the league are saying if you're owed significant guarantees, there's an argument to be made. If you're not confident that this season finishes, forget being concerned with the coronavirus. If you're not confident with the season finishing, you, it kind of makes sense to wait. I mean, again, obviously, if you want to win a Super Bowl and all that stuff, that's a separate issue. But in terms of the money, there's an argument to be made to wait, push your contract back, and then keep that, keep everything intact, so you would earn that money that you know the next year and the year after that, and so on. Yeah, that seems like one of those unintended consequences slash loopholes created that they're going to have to fix here because it really doesn't make any sense. If if they play an eight-game season and half the ga- uh, season um, is lost, then that guaranteed money needs to stick. Or, and even the players that just have you know $10 million salaries and they earn $5 million of it have to be given the opportunity, given that they would have played more likely than not the entire season to 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 get that five million dollars back, that that doesn't seem to make sense, um, and it seems you know like one of those things that probably wasn't was maybe overlooked a little bit. Um, all right, let's get to Alex Smith and him opting out. So the time thing is an interesting thing because the time thing suggests you know first of all I agree with you he needs more time. Uh, and more times better than less time for him. I, I would think that that would be the case, even though he is getting older as he's waiting and he's getting further away from the last time he played. But still, that leg, we saw it. The more time it has to heal and get stronger would seem to be better. It seemed to be a, a good thing. Um, but that's if he actually legitimately believes that he's going to make a run at playing in the NFL again. Do you really think he believes that? So this is the big. This is part of the unknowns, and I and I laid out at sort of the top of the article. There's a few unknowns. We don't know the status of his leg. We don't know if the team would ever really pass him. And yeah, we don't really know what his actual intentions are. What he what his reality is. We haven't we haven't heard that. We've heard about this comeback, which again, to be clear, amazing, amazing. He's able to get back, even just to the point of walking. When you saw, you know, those horrible images. Uh, in the documentary and the things you know we've all watched over the last year and change, but the idea of, of actually playing in an NFL game, putting yourself in position 
to take hits from the J.J. Watts of the world and, and, and risk going through who knows what uh, if you take a really bad hit. So on. I don't, I don't know. Once you, will he walk up to that finish line and say, you know what, I just can't do it? Or does he like, yeah, I'm all in. I desperately want to get back out there, not just take that ceremonial snap, not just go out there for a few plays. I want to be the starting quarterback for this team or an NFL team. And it's, it's that latter part, until we hear otherwise, everybody keep, you know, the, the reports we're getting, he's only basically talking to ESPN at this point. You know, he's, everything keeps talking about determination and this building up this, you know, story of this ultimate comeback. So if that's the case, if the comeback is the, not to say it, not just taking a snap or two, but actually starting, then, they, yeah, that's why to me this whole time thing is important because you're right. He would be older. He'd be 37 next year. But but here, here's another thing to consider, at least I think. He could rehab this whole season, Kevin, right? He could get his $16 million and worry about what happens next year, next year. But we all assume that based on next year, his cap hit is about 10, a little over $10 million. Washington most likely releases him at that point. You know, again, we don't know what happens with Wayne Haskins or other things, but most likely he gets released. At that point, what NFL team is signing him? Who's signing a guy who hasn't played now since 2018, who's 37, coming off that injury? That may be the end of this. Could be the end of his career on an NFL team in any capacity if he if he plays this year. But if he opts out, he pushes it back a year, and who knows where things at? He gives himself more time to rehab. If, what if Dwayne Haskins? doesn't step up and really claim the job. Smith would still be on the roster. He'd have to be at least considered in the mix if he's able to, to play. So he, he, he could essentially extend his career by, by waiting, um, you know, again, if he thinks he wants more time. And to your point, if he really, really, really wants to actually start, play games, do all that, if that's what he realistic thinks could happen, then I think all these things are why buying time for him makes a lot of sense. So let me just make sure I have this clear on the opt-out. Um, actually, before that, if he were on the roster this year, pup, you know, whatever, injured reserve, whatever it would be, um, and he doesn't see the field, um, he's going to earn 16 in base. He's going to earn, you know, the, if from a cap standpoint, there's five-plus million, I think, it, what, whatever it was on that $27 million um, signing bonus that he had because I think that basically is where you get the $21.4 million cap hit. I think that's what it is um, for the season. If he were to, to go this year, then it would be like a $31 million, something like that, dead cap uh, hit because right. it would be it would take the $21.4 plus what's remaining, which is like over $10 million, and accelerate it into this year, although they could spread that out. I think they, they're, they're able to spread that out. But, but they should take it in this year because they have so much space. And as you mentioned, there's a, a, a thought that the 2021 through 2023 cap will actually come down if there's a significant revenue shortfall in the 2020 season. Now, if he were to opt out, though, the 2020 salary tolls. It moves to 2021. So what is the accounting for this year? How does that work? If he, if he opts out for concerns over the coronavirus and then 2021 starts the first of the, the remaining three years on his deal, what does he count for in 2020? Nothing? 
Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question, and it's part of what I, it's sort of the one part I could not quite 100% But it would have to be, right? If the contract yeah. holds and you get three yeah. years starting in 2021 20, through 2023, then 2020 would have to be a zero cap hit. Right. The, the impression I had was that the signing bonus that's spread out over five years, so a $27 million signing bonus, it comes out to basically – Five point four million. Right. I, I was told that for him for this year, it's technically only four point three million because they get a one point one million dollar insurance payout. So whatever. But anyway, that number would stay. That would not toll. So I guess maybe his entire cap hit would just be that number as opposed to the, the larger number. But yes, obviously, it would oh, be. Okay, so the base salary would toll, but the sal- the signing bonus part would not. I, I I was I, I think so again. Okay. Do not That's do not do not consult me for for your for your yeah. for your, uh, <laughs> your economic information. I, well, but I'm basically, actually, something I'm like actually that. interested in that insurance deduction. Was that based on the policy that they took out in the event of a catastrophic career-ending injury? Uh, I was just told it was they, they the, the, the team receives an insurance payment. I, I don't know specifically. I did hear separately that they would that they had taken you know that there was a. Um, yeah, an insurance uh, in the in event of catastrophe. So presumably, yes. I, I don't know definitively, yes. So I, I don't know if there's some other clause or something out there. So what I'm driving towards is this. This may be something that could benefit Alex Smith, but one of the reasons it could benefit Alex Smith is the reason that you identified early in your answer. And that is, right now, the Redskins can absorb a $32 million dead cap number on Alex Smith. But if that contract tolls and now, you know, next year's number is 21.4 million or maybe it's, you know, 4.3 million less than that. Um, and he's still got the two years left and he's in now the dead cap money. Maybe it's not 32, but it's 28 million. It's less, it's, it's not as easy to cut him loose at that point you know, and absorb all of that dead cap money in a year in which the salary cap is projected to go down. Did I get that right? Yeah. Basically right. He he wouldn't, so as best I can tell, you mentioned $21.4 million. I think that's his number on the books, but if they were to cut him before June 1st, what I was told is it would go up to over $26 million, mm-hmm. and that would be, so that would be the number, the, the, the dead cap number if they were to release him you know, on that June 1st date. Um, yeah, and, and that's sort of part of the point. Like, obviously, it feels like Alex Smith and Dan Snyder have a very good relationship. So right, so I'm he's not, not going to screw him. Right, I'm not suggesting he's looking to screw him. But right. if by if he were to wait, they basically would be in the same position that they're kind of in now. They really can't waive him, and especially because of the fact that, like you said, the, the, the salary cap could go down. And, and also, like, part of all this is, you know, let's not forget, this year, Ron Rivera... I'm not saying he's getting a pass or anything, but like he's probably going to accept the fact to some degree this is a work-in-progress kind of a year. Young team, no off-season, essentially. He'll see what happens. But by next year, he's going to want to ramp this thing up. They'll have, in theory, have some decent cap space. Uh, the, the, you know, the, they'll, uh, he'll have a better sense of what he has on this team, including a quarterback. He's going to want to move forward, and part of the projection must be that you're getting Alex's number off the book. So you're not factoring in that you're going to get more of it. You know, Again, to be clear... All of this is just my hypothetical wondering what could this happen and would it make sense for Alex Smith to do it? In talking to people around the league, when I brought this idea up, everybody was like, yeah, you know what, that actually does kind of make sense for him with the one caveat. 
he's gone through a lot. Does he just want to get going here? Like, does it, you know, depending on what he wants to do, if he put himself in such a position that, look, I don't want to wait anymore. I've waited enough to even get back to this possibility, and I don't want to wait another minute. But, uh, and, and that seems like the likely scenario. He has put in, obviously, a lot of work. But, you know, again, it's just a, it's just a rare opportunity that, that you can buy time in life and, and, and he can't buy time chronologically. He's going to age himself, but he can buy time with his contract. And he's made a ton of money in his career. Presumably, he's okay if he doesn't get the $16 million this year. I, you know, what do I know? But presumably. So he, but, but what he can't do is convince somebody to put him on a roster next year when maybe he's closer to being healthy. But he can do that himself if he waits. And that's why, to me, this seems pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that the... I think the one thing he wouldn't want to do, I, what do I know? But I, I don't think he'd want to put the team in a more difficult position by opting out. I also think that if he has a legitimate concern about the virus, um, that uh, pup list to, uh, to injured reserve or, or some sort of season-ending mechanism that doesn't, you know, um, uh, that that doesn't uh, say goodbye to him, you know, is in effect, uh, you know, opting out without, you know, because um, he's not going to be required to be there. Um, and then I had one other um, thought. Oh, the, um, you know, that dead cap number for this year, whatever it is, I think the Redskins have roughly $25 million right now in, in available cap space. I'm pretty sure on that dead cap number that you can spread it out over two years. So they could theoretically release him, get the insurance policy because he didn't pass the physical, the $12 million, which would help also if they got that $12 million cap relief uh, in the form of an insurance policy to take all of that dead money this year. Yeah, I, I mean, in many ways from the team standpoint, I would cut bait at this point. I mean, I certainly wouldn't cut off the relationship. He's been great and you, you're, you're thrilled with – Everything we've talked about for the last couple of days, you're thrilled that he's been able to get yourself into this position. But if I'm the team and I'm trying to move forward as an organization, um, a 36 or 37-year-old quarterback who, quite honestly, wasn't that great in 2018 to begin with, um, we've got a lot of salary cap space in 2020, uh, and we get an insurance um, uh, benefit of $12 million if he doesn't pass our physical um, you know, going into this season, uh, I'm moving in that direction, and I'm I, I'm going to offer him a chance to be a part of the organization if he wants to, you know, post this. But if he wants to continue to play football, I'm going to wish him the very best, and I'm going to try to help him, you know, and and find the right spot for him. But it's time to move on from Alex Smith. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, I mean, to, to two points are one, yes, in terms of the creative accounting, yes, there's, there's definitely things that they can do. I uh, sort of just laid out the starkest scenario sure. of, you know, what, what the cap hit would be. But yes, I mean, they can sort of do some things. And yes, the insurance component is another somewhat unknown, you know, to, to exactly what they could get. But yes, there would be some relief there as well. And then in terms of the other aspect of this, you know, one of the reasons it makes Bill Belichick as great as Bill Belichick is, is, he views everybody with a price tag, and there's no there is no emotion or very minimal emotion. And because of that, he determines what somebody's value is and makes a move up or down accordingly. Uh, if he were sort of running this ship, putting all the sentiment aside, he definitely looks at Alex Smith similar to what you're doing and thinking, well, we need to move on from this on a multiple fronts. 
you know, accordingly. But obviously, you know, I, I don't know what this own, what this place is going to do. This is definitely a call that Dan Snyder, you know, regardless of what power Rivera has, Dan Snyder is going to be involved in this call. They've obviously been friendly. We, we saw Alex Smith and the owner together at multiple games last year in the owner's box. Um, that one game when I was when, when myself and a couple other reporters were stalking uh, late after a game, right. waiting to see for Urban Meyer to come out, and instead we get Alex Smith coming out with Dan Snyder three or four hours after the game. You know that's a tight relationship. And look at this point with the way Dan Snyder hit, things have gone for that team. I, I don't know. I see him cutting bait with a friend, <laughs> to be honest. So that, I think that is something to consider. But yes, I mean to your point, I wouldn't be viewing it as hey, Alex Smith is somebody we should be moving forward with. Even if I'm Ron Rivera, even if even if Alex Smith was able to play today, I still would rather lean on Dwayne Haskins because my future, whatever Dwayne Haskins is, my best hope is this guy turns into something. Versus, I guess if you want to make an argument that Alex Smith is where he was a couple of years ago and the defense turns into a top ten, and that combination gives me wins, but like you know, realistically, I can't project that for a guy that's coming off his injury. So I would move forward without, but. Between the sentiment and then, of course, the money, it, it becomes a little trickier, uh, to say the least. This is a Ron Rivera, Rob Rogers. You know, Rob came in and took over essentially Eric Schaefer's position. This is a Rivera, Rob Rogers, sit down, put together a short little summary, give it to Dan and say, if we're truly in charge of the football operation, we love Alex, we'll do whatever we can to help him, but this is the right move right now. Um, we we can take all of it right now, get the insurance policy, and move on. Now, if you can't legitimately fail his physical, and you know it's, but I don't. Again, I would lean in the direction of without even knowing for sure that that is something that wasn't very hard to do. All right, um, Ben, as always in the Athletic, the whole read on why Alex Smith's best move may be opting out of 2020. He wrote it earlier today. It's out on the athletic you can get a big discount right now if you're not a subscriber i promise you it's worth it also follow ben on twitter at ben standing uh thank you sir very much have a good weekend dude appreciate it by the way again today somebody hit me up on linkedin and told me they like my stuff but they also say they like hearing me on on your podcast i i get more people telling me they hear me on your podcast <laughs> Than telling me uh, they like my actual writing. So, well, kudos well, uh, to you. Well, you're you're a great guest, um, and you're a great reporter. I, I I hope people occasionally also say they like hearing you on the radio show because you appear on both. That helps me uh, too. Th- that 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 does. Uh, they, they 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 do say that occasionally. Although I don't know if my seven a.m. call was a gem, but uh, but <laughs> it yeah, was perfect. Um, thanks. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Yeah, man. See you. All right, thanks to Ben, thanks to Tony, and thanks to all of you for listening. Have a good weekend. Be back on Monday.